Ramble. One of their dream projects was to create Black Smosh. I don't know if I want to have kids. I see like the financial burden and I'm like, dude, I might break the baby. Because of how fast the internet goes, there is no sense of let's look back and analyze what the reality was and what it meant. Yeah, I want some hairs to be in there when I put deodorant being like, Man the shields! What? I'm, I'm gonna start this, this little timer right here. Gadoosh! Alright, now it's going. Hey everyone, welcome back to this. I don't know if I said welcome back. Man, also, uh, he just he... started with a sigh oh. over here, too. Like, he starts talking and she immediately sighs. You know, Sorry. this is this is episode five. We still haven't gotten all the kinks worked out. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. I am your host, Ian Hecox. Who am I with today? Oh, uh, I'm Courtney Miller. Are you asking that because I'm supposed to introduce myself? Yes, please. Oh, yeah, hi. Yes, I'm Matthew Patrick, better known online as Matt Pat, Ooh. the biggest nerd on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. That's saying those a are lot. some lofty claims. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a kink we need to get out. Maybe we should introduce our guests when we have a guest, like for them. Is that? You know, I just I just don't want to talk for them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it if, actually means he doesn't want to do the research. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that's the he forgot your Who name. Are you? Um, he forgot your name. Yeah, that's that's what it was. <laughs> how, how, Matthew Pat Patrick. I don't want to. Assu- I don't want to assume anything. Oh, all right. Nice. You know. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, some of you people might know uh, his channel, Game Theory. Uh, also, there's GT Live uh, and movie movie. <laughs> He has to have the guest to actually introduce, you know, because he's. I have three channels. Like, yes. how difficult is that to remember? Yeah. Do you know our all our channels? <laughs> right. Smosh. Main movies. Yeah. Okay. Great. Movies. Good job, guys. Welcome back. I, Welcome, to the, Smosh welcome to the show, Smoshcast. There it is. Maybe we should interview Ian about the stuff that he actually yeah, is supposed to be quiz doing. Yeah, quiz him on his own. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, yeah, so I have The Game Theorists. The Game Theorists, yeah. GT Live, which is our live stream channel. And then we have The Film Theorists. See, mm-hmm. Film. Ah, film. Game. I like that one. Film. Yeah. But then, Smart. so does it ever bother you that your channel's called The Game Theorists, okay. but your show is Game Theory, right? It is. That's correct. Uh, I don't know. I feel like because that's like game theorist is who you guys are, right? And then the show is game theory. Yeah, the right? whole the whole concept of it was. But when you started it, were there more than one person? No, but uh, when YouTube allowed you the opportunity to kind of choose your own moniker or mm-hmm. like do the kind of the custom URLs for channels, yeah. mm-hmm. we decided we had partner shows on the channel. Uh, and really, the channel's whole premise was this idea of being able to spotlight multiple critical thinkers about mm. the genres that we were covering, right? Oh. So because we were fortunate enough to get a, a large audience fairly early on, uh, we were built on this idea of, hey, let's give like-minded creators who are doing edutainment-style content mm. that is critically thinking about all your favorite franchises <laughs> a, a platform to get more views, earn more money, things like that. Uh, hence the idea of not just naming it game theory or film theory, but the theorists. Because it's a okay. group of collective thinkers. It's a community. Okay, okay. It's a people. It's uh, also impossible to spell. So Yeah, yeah. I'm not a good speller. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Confessions uh, with Ian. Cool, man, yeah. S- strangely, uh, when we met, you were working for the same company that we were under. This is true. Um, <laughs> and it was really strange because I had seen Game Theory before 
And then I didn't find out until like much later when we you were still working there. I was like, wait, hold on. What? The dude from the game theory works <laughs> at our job? Wait, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. You what did you what did you do exactly? Like what was your title there? I was stealthily undercover uh-huh. spying Whoa, on you the whole agent. time. That was it. I was that I was sense. I was like an insert spy there. Nice. And then taking it back for my own betterment. You wow. probably could have chosen a better channel. He was the agent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like we were like one of the, basically doing yeah. the exact same thing. Okay. You guys were singing Pokemon mm-hmm. parodies and I was talking about Pokemon being racist at the time. So, you <laughs> oh, know, heck yeah. same, exactly the same thing. Fit right in. Right. Wait, Match which, which Pokemon are racist? Oh, Jinx, obviously. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. oh they, yeah. And then yeah. they had to redesign, redesign her skin to make it purple. Did they really That's do that? Right. They did, right? Yeah. Wait, it's I a her? I remember seeing the. Art. I mean, all Pokemon are kind of in a questionable gender. Oh, territory. I was thinking oh, Mr. Yeah. Mime for some reason. I got Mr. Mime and Jinx mixed up. Because they're both, yeah, okay, yeah, Jinx, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking See, about it now. The, the levels yeah. of realization mm-hmm. that are happening yeah. right mm-hmm. now are pretty pretty stellar. Just yeah. images Because you have the skin, you have the lips, you have, uh, you have all sorts Oof. of stuff. And and the funny thing is, Jinx was never meant to be racist. To be Like, it was a parody of this trend called Gangro, which is uh, was a very popular kind of uh, female style for uh, people in a very specific part of Japan at the time who bleached their hair very like bright yellow or white, kept it long, who did a lot of excessive tanning uh, oh, to okay. make their skin look oh. darker. Um, and so, and, and who would do like big designs, big bold lips. Uh, Sounds like an Orange was, County mom. Yeah, it, or a clown. Yeah. <laughs> One in the same. One in the same. Because I mean, obviously like blackface isn't something that Japanese people really, it wasn't like a part of their culture. Like they wouldn't have really known about it. Right. And so, and so you know, to the outside world yeah. seeing this character, they're like, oh my gosh, this is reminiscent of all this terrible stuff from the past. Yeah. But to, to Japan, it's like, no, this is just a commentary on this fashion trend that's that was recently popular. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Smosh cast, <laughs> where in the first five minutes, we've talked about racism. And I think we solved it. We I did. We fixed s- it. Congratulations, Welcome. guys. Good job, everyone. We, we solved racism. Hands. Sorry, I had a left hand handshake. Ew. That was, that was gross. So weird. Comfortable. I'm left handed, and that was gross. Right I'm here. sorry. Let me, let me let me do the reach over. Nice. Okay, thank you. There you go. Uh, for the listeners that aren't watching on video, um, we had a really bad handshake, but we fixed it. Good job. Good job. Way to use those context clues, yeah. listeners. Yeah. The Smoshcast really making you work for the visuals that are going on. Right. Uh huh. Uh, yes. So anyway, I worked at your company. Yeah, and you. You consulted us a, a few times on our channel. I did, yeah. So uh, basically in the early days of YouTube, not only was I kind of using my own channel in the background and learning and, and kind of growing on YouTube that way, but I was also a digital video expert. I was uh, an analytics guy. I was using the learnings that I was coming up with off of my own work on YouTube to help other channel creators cool. grow their businesses, uh, understand their analytics, and basically try to grow faster. Right. Nice. Was I there? Were you working there in 20... When, how long were you working there for? I was there for... So I was in kind of that MCN space for about two and a half years. And that was... Because I started working at Defy on, in 2015. Right. Were you there? No, but I was part of the conversations 
that were leading up to, wait, in 2015, actually 2015, you might have been coming in right as I was kind of like wrapping things up, but yeah. I was a, a big part of the conversations about the whole Smosh rebrand mm-hmm. and oh. about, you know, how do you bring in, wow. how do you bring in new char- like characters Whoa. and personalities and is that a good idea? Can the channel survive without Ian and Anthony? How did you feel about that? How did you feel about them wanting to bring in new people and and changing stuff? I really want to know. I mean, it was it was one of those things that like the the ability to succeed was slim. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like making changes like that is yeah, and, and you have tons of examples in the past on YouTube of channels who had tried it and it never worked, yeah. right? Like, like a, Ray a, William Johnson. A, exa- that's probably the best example yeah. out there where, you know, he tried to hand off hosting duties of equals three yeah. and none of the hosts ever really caught on. And so the the smart thing that you guys did and the thing that I think all of us internally who were talking about it were recommending was you have to make it a very slow, yeah. right. gradual, Sweet. extended process. And the, and the thing is, like, we wanted to make it a slower thing. We wanted to make it a more natural thing. Like, we we get to know yep. Shane, Courtney, Olivia, Noah, Keith. We wanted to get to know them better before putting them in yeah. more content. But Defy was so adamant about, like, no, you guys need to put them in all the videos immediately. Yep. And we're like, well, this that's not how YouTube works. Like, yeah. we need... Like we need to make this a real thing. We actually need to forge real friendships mm-hmm. with these people yeah. before we start putting them in all the videos. Yeah. So, you know, I think the transition would have made a lot more sense to the viewers if we would have been given yeah. the, the real time. But Defy, right. obviously, they're like, well, we're we're paying the money, so we need to have them in every video. Right. And and not just forming friendships with you guys as a cast, but also like us for, with the fans. Yeah, exactly. Forming friendships with the community around the yeah. channel, you know, the audience, because so much of YouTube is built on this idea of like, I know who these people are. I have an established relationship with mm-hmm. them because I'm seeing them week after week after week. Yeah. And I know their likes, their dislikes, their personalities, what you know, what they find mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. And so for all of a sudden there to be like, and we're the new guys on the yeah. blog. Hey, look at us, we're fun and <laughs> quirky and don't you love us? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's it crazy. It doesn't work. Every, like, there's so many TV shows. I'll use Chuck as an example. Weirdly, no one's gonna understand this. But it's like, sometimes, like, TV shows will be like, uh-oh, here's this new, younger, like, in, in Chuck, it was like, there was these secret agents, right? And then they, the, the, the CIA or whoever they're working for brings in these new, hip, younger secret agents and they're seen as, like, the bad because it's like, ew, new, gross, get them out of here. And, like... They brought in like a new Chuck. They brought in, yeah, pretty Chuck much. Chuck, too. They're just like, here's our new young agents and they were, and they was, like, totally, like, butting heads, like, enemies. And it's, like, it makes sense that, like, that's the instant reaction for a fan when they see, like, all of a sudden this new team of people. And, like, sure. the content was, we were kind of separated sometimes. So it was, like, definitely, I'm sure, the reaction. Yeah, it felt like... Like it probably felt like an invasion to some yeah. people to, you know, for myself, it was something that needed to happen mm-hmm. because in order for our content to evolve, it couldn't just be, it couldn't just always be myself and Anthony, <laughs> like two guys hanging out in a house together. Like we did that sketch. We did a sketch starting with Anthony and I sitting on a couch Probably 200 times. I would love to know the exact amount. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody can go in yeah. and, and research it. That's a film. Mm-hmm. They yeah, see you that can go, on go that for other it. channel that you don't know about yeah. or watch. So, <laughs> right. you know. yeah. Wait, so did you? <laughs> movie did, theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Movie, yeah. Movie, uh, movie theorists. Thoughts. Yeah, right, right. right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie dreams. Ooh, um, beautiful. <laughs> so did you have a hand in, like, the strategy at all? Or, like, like uh, when, we, when we brought in, like, 
I just want to know in depth a, a little bit more. Man, like, my, my secret role behind the scenes. I know. You're the agent Cody Banks of Defy. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I'm forgetting the weirdest, oldest, most obscure <laughs> no, These pop culture references are gold right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's inter- and it's funny to hear Ian talk about, like, Defy, like the higher-ups at Defy wanting to fast forward that process yeah. and kind of like just shoe- jam it down their throats yeah shoehorn it in as quickly yeah. as possible because this was the same group of people who are also promoting the idea of doing black smosh oh yeah <laughs> like oh, <God>. unironically <laughs> wanting to do black smosh yep which i which I'm, i wasn't sure like had you had those conversations with the team clearly based on your reaction you yeah did. there there was somebody there was somebody higher up i'm not going to say their name for for many years, for many years, this one of their story. one of their dream projects was to create Black Smosh, which they, what they wanted to do was um, cast a group of black people <laughs> to uh, create, uh, shall we say, urban comedy. They were like, well, you know, there's this whole other audience out there. So we just need to yeah. create Black Smosh. Well, yeah, I mean, basically the thought process of this person in the meetings that we were having was... Well, we have this back catalog of funny scripts. Mm-hmm. So if we just, you know, change out the two white dudes for different demographics, mm-hmm. we have tons of new verticals. And you, basically, you reuse the same scripts, but just kind of like mix it up a little bit. And and it was and and it was it his first spinoff was always going to be Black Smosh, followed by you know female Smosh, oh. gay Smosh, like. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. rough. Like that, that, that is that is, is so truly spilling the tea. Every every time they brought it up, and that's really funny. I've never mentioned, I've never mentioned the whole black smosh thing. <laughs> probably, yeah. ever. probably smart uh, of you to not mention yeah, it. Yeah, but every time they brought it up, it was just like, no, no, and not and it, I, and here's another weird freaking reference, uh, hairspray. How there's like <laughs> Negro Day on the dancing show. Oh my like that gosh. doesn't. And I'm sorry, that's rough. But like that's it's just that I get that vibe when I hear about what, the, what they were trying to do. Well, and and the thing was, you know, the first time because because again, I'm this young guy yeah. who you know has only been working at this company for about a year, but I'm like the guy who understands YouTube. I'm the guy who's been able to build up my own channel in the background. Mm-hmm. Like I was the representative of like the digital video ecosystem mm-hmm. and optimization, right? And so I'm in these rooms with all these traditional media guys who had been working in TV for years and had, you know, decent levels of success there, you know, suddenly now, like, let's figure out ways to capitalize off of these these brands that we have and this and that. And he tosses out this idea. And at first, like, everyone, you know, me and a couple other people in the room are like, ha that's, you know, that's an idea. But really, and, and but they were so serious about it was mm-hmm. the thing. Like, they legitimately thought that there was no problem with it and that it was totally fine. Mm. And of, of course, at that point, the conversation fundamentally shifts to like, oh no, you're taking it like, absolutely uh, not. Do not do this. This is yeah. horrific for so many to, reasons. Were they wanting to call it that? Like actually? Well, that was always just the sort like the of- the working um, title? Yeah, the working <laughs> title. Uh, and, and by the way, there, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, two, two black dudes doing comedy. Obviously, yeah. Key and Peele yeah. was probably one of the greatest sketch shows ever made but it's it wasn't for the sake of representation it was for the sake of of like let's just get this other thing going to appeal to this other group because because we don't believe that uh two white guys are going to be enjoyed by black people this is this is actually why i'm shocked to hear 
that you also know this because mm-hmm. to me, when that was brought up in the room, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that someone would f- actually legitimately think of this as an idea. And so now to hear that it was also brought up to you and you also had to shoot it down. Yeah, multiple it's, times. Like, it's unbelievable oh. to me. Yeah, it kind of became a running joke uh, about this person uh, <laughs> because it's just ludicrous. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. Wild. Uh, yeah. So there you go. The I, I do remember the other joke that he would toss out when it came to like some of the other verticals and obviously bringing up like gay smosh, LGBT smosh, because that's a whole new community. The joke was, though, that they already had gay smosh because you and Anthony were already hosts. Yeah, Anthony, nice. baby. Oh, did they did they toss that joke your way? Probably. Okay. <laughs> there was like, there was just like so, another. Just so we have full transparency mm, here of yeah. what was being said behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you got to keep those fan fictions going. Uh, sure. Know? Oh, they never stop. They haven't stopped. You know, sure. it's 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 unfortunate. Like, you guys had all your relationships. All my fan fictions are me adopting children. Is that, it's, yeah, it's actually it's actually really sweet. Yeah. Until you get to the part where my wife ends up dying a horrific death. Oh my yeah. god, Almost they always do that. Yep. They always do that. I, okay, I've, I've dipped into the fan fiction sites and I've seen some of it because I'm just curious. And we have the videos where we we actually take them, script them out, and act them out for videos. Uh-huh. And there always is like a drama. Like there was like a shortney one where it's like, okay, whatever. The romance happened. Me and Shane. Mm-hmm. The romance happens, and then I get cancer, and it's like. <laughs> The story could have just ended, like, dude. No, the yeah, bad. that was that was generally the 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 theme with a lot of the fan fictions where Anthony and I uh, they wrote our girlfriends in there, and then uh, one of our girlfriends would die, and then he would come, like, let's say his girlfriend died, Anthony would come to me, and I would comfort him, and then we our embrace would hold a little bit longer, oh, and then no. hand would move up. They brush our cheeks against no. each other. Ooh, calm down. I mean, and then, like, and then, yeah, then it always get hot and heavy. Oh man, that's um, getting intense. So yeah, death is a common theme with romantic that's fan so fiction. It's so uncomfortable to read that about yourself, man. That's a little weird. <sighs> I, th- but, I think it, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. So would the fan? So would the fan be the child that you adopted? Yes. that they wrote. Yes, oh. usually they were in some you know some equivalent of an orphanage. Okay, at yeah. which point you know. Kind of Annie style. Yeah. Tossing out classic references here. Annie mm-hmm. the musical, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would come in and, and save the day. Like either I wasn't able to have kids or I just wanted to adopt a child. Wow. And sometimes Stephanie would die before I adopted the child. Sometimes <laughs> okay. she would die after. Like it, it, yeah. would, it would vary. Sometimes I was adopting Gosh. the child because of the, the sadness that I felt over the loss of, of Stephanie. And so I needed Weird. a child in my life. Uh, but yeah, and then... The two of us would go off on adventures together, and I would teach them science, basically. That's and so usually, how it would boil down is that. And then Matthew and I would go off and to the museum and learn about science. Aww. That's adorable. Yeah. So like, but after the morning period, you guys definitely boned, right? <laughs> you, it's a child, Ian. Oh, it's a child. Adopted like, yeah. child. <laughs> Were you? Welcome to the yeah. podcast, Ian. <laughs> well, oh I God. figured. I figured like he <laughs> raised he raised them, and then. I don't know. I, I mean, there's worse fan fictions out there. there trust me. A, a lot of my yeah. fan fictions stood incomplete, <laughs> or you know, were in the early stages okay. of completion. So I, you know, I don't know where they would go yeah. from there. Welcome to Smoshcast, ladies and gentlemen, Oof. where we have covered <laughs> racism, and now we're covering, a, you know, a very topical Michael yeah. Jackson style yeah. child predator. Oh, yeah. This is great. 
But let's I, not get into Michael Jackson again, <laughs> please. I will say it's very weird. Like obviously we have scripts that are written like we're we're as ourselves, so we see that normally. But like when you see fan fiction about yourself, like one time there was one that like they said I smelled like vanilla, and like I literally wore like at the time was wearing vanilla lotion. Not right now. What do I got on? I got like. Don't smell my armpit. Mm. You you smell like. Hairspray? No, like secret, secret uh, deodorant. Weird, because I wear I wear Old Spice, so that's really weird. yeah. You're not you're not so sp- so much spicy as you are like lilac. Ma- male or female Old Spice? Male. Nice. Just it's the only thing to keep up with my sweaty pits, man. I know, I know dude. <laughs> Hashtag not spot. Well, you saw my armpits Wish yesterday. Yeah, I got, dude. I got some hairy pits. You know? I didn't know that guys needed to trim it. Yeah, I trim my armpit hair. Your armpit hair. Because, like, there's so much hair. Like, I don't think I've trimmed my armpit hair in, like, two months or so. And it's really long. It's, like, longer than your normal hair on your head. I mean, it's pretty close, man. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, your hair's Uh, really short now. You don't have that bowl cut anymore. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, and and when you have all that hair, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't aid the coverage of the deodorant, you know. Yeah, it it's, blocks it. Yeah. It's a shield. It's like um... <laughs> I, I'm amazed by this. Uh, so, yeah. what is the appropriate length of armpit hair? Well, because uh, I have armpit hair, but I have never trimmed because oh. I've never thought of it as excessively well, long. Hit, but some now, people, my, I don't grow pit hair on my right side at all, and my left side's like a few hairs. Like I don't know what's wrong with me. You won but the he, genetic however, lottery. Stole all the hair. Mm-hmm. Like, can I have some? Maybe because I would like. Please. Please. You Would want you armpit? like armpit hair? Yeah, I want some hairs to be in there when I put deodorant on being like, man, the shields, keeping the deodorant off your face. Oh, <laughs> what? That's what like I little, see. Like little troops in your army yeah, man. fighting against pit sweat. Sometimes I feel lonely. And I just yeah. <laughs> and hairs on your body are the only thing that are going to keep you company. Do, do we need to talk? Maybe. I, I feel like... I feel like this is a fan fiction rating to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but for real, people, they, the person guessed my correct smell at the time. It was weird because I did smell like vanilla. Wow. You're like, man, they know. Like, they know. They know me. But then they're like, and then she kissed Noah's ear. And I'm like, no. You're not an e- ear kisser? Not Noah. Oh. Not my coworker. You're, you're, you're fine with yeah. ears, just not coworkers. Yeah, ears. heck All yeah. Right, I get that. Give ears kisses. This is so weird. I'm going to go. No, please stay. <laughs> so, I, 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 uh, based on the professions of loneliness that you just had, it sounds like this is yeah. the only human contact you have for today. Maybe that's so. why I read the fan fiction. <laughs> like, please stay in the company of our armpit hair. Yeah, but we haven't gotten to the core of the issue here, which mm. is what is the appropriate length of armpit? Oh hair? yes, yes, yes. Like oh. what, Ian, so so right. where is your on your person? Mm-hmm. Show me the length of your hair normally, and then. Let's get a sense of like where you trim it down to, because presumably you're trimming it down to the appropriate length, right? Right. Yeah. So like I I I, uh, I use a, a clippers. Okay. Yes. Um, and I I just I just go down to the down to the skin. <laughs> oh, you I, go, so you take it all the way down? Right. But I go wow. t- I go to I go to the direction of the hair. So like. On the on the upper part of my armpit, the grain. the grain goes upwards, <laughs> yes. and on the lower part of my armpit, the grain goes downwards. Uh-huh. So for the upper part, I have to shave up, okay, and then on the lower part, oh. I have to shave down. You have electric trimmers. You don't use scissors. What? I, I thought you meant clippers. <laughs> you use scissors? When you said clippers, I thought you meant like snip, snip, snip. Woman, are you mad? You you don't use a, a tree a tree trimmer? Right. The <laughs> the first time I heard the term clippers, I was very confused. It's oh, a very confusing if you're not familiar with the idea yeah. that clippers 
is just like a glorified razor. Yeah, I guess so. Like an when electric, I think clip, an yeah. electric yeah. razor. Yeah, like when the, I think clipper, mm. I think of like a scissor like or clip, clip, clip. or a shear of yeah. some of some form. Yeah. But no, it's uh, shears, man. Well, clearly, you guys don't uh, frequent hairdressing salons enough. Yeah, clearly, not. you don't know the 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 lexicon. Of a of a oh, salon. Oh, I mean, I've, I learned it. I learned it at a certain point. I, trust me, I'm a frequenter of sports clips. Yeah, but uh, but I yeah I I got a lot of I got a lot of body hair as as I grow older, yeah, it starts sprouting up in mm. weird ass places. I like, feel like since I started working here, your tummy has gotten much more hairy. Yeah, yeah. It has. I don't know how you don't. We, you never know how I know this stuff. We I see each other, each other like half naked. Yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, never fully though. Just just want to put it out there. I'm just gonna let that. We've one never seen each other. It's mostly him. Full blown. He nakies. walks around in a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't supposed to tell everyone about that. It's all right. No shame. It's okay. I have, I have a person in my life who walks around in a diaper too these days. That's true. It's but true. it's a little bit more acceptable for that because you have a little teeny tiny baby. Oh, yeah. That is true. How is the how is the babby? Oh, my gosh. It's cool. It's, it's very cool yeah? to have a babby. It's wild. What's, a little potato. Yeah. Um, It's unbelievable how difficult it is for the first three to four months. And it's mm. still hard after that, mm. certainly. But it's... Just fascinating to watch how much personality they have mm-hmm. weeks after being yeah. born. Like, it's immediate. Like, yeah. you can tell how independent he is. You can tell that he, he doesn't like to cuddle so much, but he does, you know, but he he's very eager to, to learn and teach himself. He loves books. Um, he like How he likes to he eat them. He's eight months at this point. Yeah. Oh, my God. They just kind of chew on the pages. No, it's wild. So, like. It's it's part of our nightly routine to like read him a story or two before he goes to bed. But like we'll take him out in the afternoon or something to to like a story time or where like play with tambourines, you know, do some basic like wave the the scarf around. But as soon as it and he has fun with those. But as soon as like the book comes out and the person mm. at the front of the room starts reading, like he will actively like crawl to the front of the room and just be like locked in. It's very clear that he's in the early stages of being a teacher's pet, and I could not be more yeah. proud of him. <laughs> Nerd. Absolutely. Wow. You you birthed a freaking nerd, dude. Incredible. Thank goodness. Ugh. Yeah. Did did you always want kids or was this just like a was this a revelation you had when when you met your your lovely wife Stephanie? Wow. Yeah, no, I've always I've always wanted kids. Um, I've always wanted a kid. I don't know if I've I've ever wanted to cuz both Steph and I are only children. And I'm like, "You know Whoa. what? That's 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 a good amount. I had a good upbringing." I was going to say cuz usually only childs turn out to be little shits. But um, How did I turn out, Ian? Moving on. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, use him, right? <laughs> I was in, I had six siblings growing yeah, up. Yeah, she had way know. too many, way too many siblings. Six. Where, where did you fall in in the line I'm, of six? I'm number five, so I have two little brothers. Wow. Okay, so I so I know that in like a family of three, right? Mm-hmm. Three kids, because my mom was in a family of three, and she was the middle child. The the oldest child is like most responsible and gets a lot of attention yeah. because they're number one. Number two is like the forgotten child <laughs> who feels kind of left out because they're sandwiched between the other two, sure. the first one and the third one who ends up being the baby of the yeah. family, yep. right? Yeah. So the middle child's kind of forgotten and like has to feel like they have to prove themselves or whatever. Yeah, man. In six, what's, what is the <laughs> dynamic like? So there's seven of us total and it, there was like, only a couple years a gap in a lot of those so like I don't really I don't really know like I was so there was the top two 
uh, Cammy and Casey, born the top like two. the top two. Oh, uh, say all their names, by the way. Yeah. Okay, oh, wait, wait, so uh, wait, wait, wait. Unless do you don't want to, unless you don't want to share that on the podcast, do you really um, want to put names out there? First names are. I mean, it's. Is that bad? What oh, do you man, think? have I crossed it? I, I love you. that we've talked about everything from like pedophilia <laughs> and racism, but it's like, ooh, names. It's not hard to find them, you right. know, because right. on my Instagram. I'll just say their first names sure. whatever. So it goes Cammy, Casey, Kathy, Carrie, Courtney, Clark, Connor. Oh my gosh, they're the Kardashians. I know, but they're K's and C's, okay? So we did it like different. And first, <laughs> so. Did you do it first? I don't know. Cammy, I think we did it first. In terms of age, hmm. actually, I don't know. Are you calling out the Kardashians right now as stealing yeah. your bit? Copycat. C-K. Or wait, C-C. <laughs> oh, God. You remember when I said we can't spell? I really should go. I should go. But, okay, so there was only a couple years uh, gaps in a bunch of them. Cammy and Casey was like a couple year or two. Uh, and then there's a couple year like a larger gap and then it was Kathy and Carrie it's like literally less than a year or a year and and then there's five years and then me and then like wow. three plus years and then Clark and Connor who were like a year or two apart huh. so there was a gap and I was kind of a loner a lot of the time mm. Carrie was technically the the middle child and she definitely like we I, we, I think at some point we all played every role because mm-hmm. I was like and because my parents were divorced so uh, a lot of times like in, in joint custody, it would be like me and my younger brothers at my mom's house. So I was the oldest, but I was also the youngest for a while, and I was treated like the middle child. So it's like I really, I really don't know like what the full dynamic was. And as like some went off to college or whatever, yeah. then mm-hmm. then other people became the oldest, the oldest. Right. of the yeah. house or the youngest. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh. My oldest crazy. siblings like raised me like a lot. Like it's yeah. in and. It just all tapered down. I think Connor, It's as each kid popped out, we had to kind of raise ourselves a little bit more because mm-hmm. it was like just too many freaking kids, man. Like Connor, I don't know how he made it. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. Like there was too many of us. We're all dealing with ourselves. Like he definitely had to like struggle and like learn by watching us. I've heard with like large families, if you if you factor in like the dinner table kind of thing, it's just a it's just a, a battle royale for food. It can like be. Like, we just grab whatever you possibly can yeah. or else you won't eat. Yeah, there was times where we had to, like, be like, hey, there was a, that was my role. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. But now my dad has a habit. He also works at a fire station, so like, he's used to cooking for large groups. Mm-hmm. He always has. So, like, he always cooks way too much food now when it's, like, only a few of us over for dinner. Aww. Yeah. How often are all of you together at this point? So rarely, like, maybe a couple times a year. Like, all of us, because some people are on the East Coast. Right, sure. Yeah, so it's it's pretty rare. Do you feel close to every single like how close do you feel to like w- when there is such a huge gap in ages? Mm-hmm. Do you feel really close to all your brothers and sisters or growing up there was definitely like buddy mm-hmm. buddying up hmm. um and with a lot of siblings things get clicky. Um, but mm. like it, especially in these recent years, since we're all kind of becoming adults and we're more on an equal plane, mm-hmm. it's so weird. And I feel like I didn't realize until recently how it's really this dynamic that I grew up with is something a lot of people have no idea what it's like because like my my brothers that are younger than me are now like all adults. Like Clark just turned 21 and like well, now we can go on like outings together. Like it's like we all – it's a party now when we hang out. It's not so yeah. much like them. It's like we're all we all feel like equals. There, there is something weird about like the larger families. For some reason, the youngest child never 
goes beyond I like for me it's hard to wrap my head around not seeing them as like a small child. Yeah, I still call you know them what my I mean? little brothers. Yeah, yeah, because like they'll they'll never be like quite like an adult mm-hmm. to you. Like I, I like I had a family friends, they had um three kids and the youngest always like despite him being I don't know, mm-hmm. twenty eight now, he's still just like the little one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the, he's I'll the well- never be able to get that out of my head. Yeah, it's nuts. And like I I don't know if I want to have kids. Right. Like it, the way that I've seen how much because we were a very there was so many of us mm-hmm. and we were very poor, for pretty poor, not too bad, but like growing up, it was like so many kids to provide right, for. Course, sure. And so like I see like the financial burden and I'm like, dude, I might break the baby. I don't know. I'm scared, man. Um, you need so something to pour your love into, though. Yeah, I mean, I did have. She's she's yeah. a very she's a very affectionate person. You I'm just a need something. Person. You need I, like a a rock, or just more armpit hair. Oh yeah, Anna, to pour <laughs> your love into. I need. <laughs> I just want to braid it. A baby or armpit hair, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> same amount of just care, same financial burden. You know. Just so, just slather some antiperspirant on. So you've always wanted to have a kid. I don't understand what that feels like. I think it's just one of those things where, like, I had such a positive family experience. I always have gravitated toward, like, teaching and wanting to, you know, inspire mm-hmm. or help out kids. Like, even back when I was much younger uh, in, like, middle school and high school, I taught swim lessons. You know, and, and that idea of just, like, interacting and having fun with younger kids and being able to, like, show them the world and teach them things and ex- and, and watch them learn and grow Aww. and experience stuff is something that I've always felt passionate about. And so the idea of being able to teach, uh, you know, a son or daughter of my own mm-hmm. about the world and, you know, hey, here's the good stuff to know, here's the bad stuff, and, like, here's – you know, the things that I would, that I learned from personal wow. experience, like I wish I had known moving, you know, when I had done it. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's just a really cool thing to be a part of someone's life and watch them grow. Wow. I will say as my life went on and as, you know, we got closer to kind of that decision, w- there was that thought of like, is there enough time in life to mm-hmm. make this happen because I mean like mm-hmm. we, we all understand like we are busy all the time yeah. sure um, yeah. you know running our own business creating content like LA is this hustle bustle of nonstop. you have your hustle and you have your side hustle yeah. and you're, like yeah. people are going round the clock yeah. and I did have you know this period of time where you know I had to self reflect around mm-hmm. do I still like Yes, this is something that I grew up wanting, and yes, this is something I thought would be really good for you know for me and and for a kid. And I think I would make a good father, but with my life where it is now, can I still prioritize a child yeah. in the way that I would want to and and do this right? Because because the thing is, like the worst possible thing you can do is to do it the wrong way, and yeah. now all of a sudden, like you resent the child for slowing you yeah. down in life, or you're upset about. You know, you live with regrets of like I could have been somebody, but then I had a kid, and then it slowed me. You know, all yeah. the, all this yeah. stuff of you know, there's a lot wrapped up into it. And if you're having a child and bringing a life into the world who is dependent on you, it's your responsibility to make sure that that kid is doing as best as he possibly can, right? Yeah. right. And so, you know, as we got closer to kind of like, hey, are we doing this or not? Like, there was that moment of like, hey, is this the right time? You know, well, can we fit it in? But I think 
that sort of reflection's important. Oh yeah. If you're kind of jumping into it, but but yeah, at the end of the day, thinking about that is already like yeah, you're a good parent. Yeah, and you certainly have more the luxury of deciding that and and getting the time to decide that. A lot of and and honestly, like nobody has the time right for to to have kids. It just kind of it just happens, and then and then you make it work, Mm -hmm. right? Well, if if it's not planned, yeah. Right. Right. Well, even if it's is planned, like you still like. That's a, it's a big commitment. You just make it work, and and I know you guys will obviously make it yeah. work, and that's really cool. That um, it's just, almost you should uh, have like kid theory, you but know. I, you, I, you get to try. Kinda... You get to try all your theories on child development. It's true. On this on this living thing, and you can see what it becomes. As a, as a baby shower gift, someone actually got me uh, the a book that is experimenting on your baby. Oh, God. What? Which is, it's, and the that sounds, I hope it doesn't have a German it's, name on, on, on the <laughs> yeah, author. Yeah, by Franz Schnau. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it dates back to like World War II era. Huh, enough. strange. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, no, but basically what, it, it's it's very cool. It's a compilation of famous historical studies uh, done in completely safe ways on babies to learn about their development, how they process the world, and, you know, where they hit certain milestones, mm. all based on, like, actual scientific research, right? So one one of the simplest and earliest ones you can do, which is really fascinating, is this idea of putting three dots into, like, a triangular formation onto a piece of paper, right? And you show the baby those three dots, like, from birth. It's, like, from month one. And you show them the three dots. If they're two dots on top and one dot below similar to the eyes and mouth or eyes and Mm. nose of a face, they will watch it and, like, look at it and process it longer than if you actually flip the dots upside down and show them one dot on top and two on the bottom. Because humans, like, we're very – like, having a baby has taught me how very – Yeah, we are very inefficient. Like, it is a terrible design, quite Mm. honestly. Mm. Um, It is, you know – How would would you design a human, Matt? Well, I, for one, I would make sure that, like, the teeth aren't coming in, like, eight months into their life. Yeah. So that way it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm in trem- I'm just learning how to eat things. Oh, yeah. my gosh, there's tremendous pain yeah. in my mouth as these things that probably should have been there to begin with suddenly jut out through, <laughs> through my mouth yeah. hole. Um, the fact that I can't run as soon as I'm out of a vagina... I'm frankly mad. I mean, right? like, giraffes can do it. Why can't we? Right. Get get good humanity. It is very bad how, like, the baby can't even support their head when they're out. Like, that's that's rough. Like, right. if we were to be, if everything, I don't know. It's I wish I was a giraffe. Well, even even stuff like when, when babies first start learning how to use their hands, and I'm doing this gesture mm-hmm. of, like, twitching and stuff because that's what it looks like. They can't get sleep for that period of like a month, month and a half because they're constantly like waking themselves up by smacking themselves in the head. Oh, like the, the because like the because muscles. Are yeah, they're also like over like stimulated, over twitchy, Whoa. and so you know that's why that like first three month, four month period is so oh. hard because they're learning all this stuff. And it, and to the baby's credit, they're like, I'm excited to learn these things and mm-hmm. get control over my life. He's at eight months, he's getting really good at crawling and also getting good at, like, supporting himself on his legs and walking and doing, like, walking mm. motions. It's really awesome. Um, but, again, his sleep is being interrupted because he's like, I'm so excited about this new skill. Yeah. I want to practice it and, you know, get up on yeah. my knees and sit up on my own. And this, But it wa- it keeps waking him up. Mm. Uh, so I, w- I would probably design away stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Um, but it's, it's wild to see uh, just how cool – and rewarding it is as mm-hmm. a process. Like mm-hmm. once they start like developing their likes and dislikes and having agency over their life and you start like, you know, I, at this point I can have a conversation with them where 
he's he's learning different like vocalizations mm -hmm. and so he'll be like ah and I'll be like ah and he'll be like he'll see like, it and huh. recognize it and he'll be like ah and I'm like ah and he's like ah like <laughs> you, it's actually this back so, and forth so it's you wild. had you birthed a dolphin yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah can absolutely I, can I just say like the the leadership and like fathering father figure like i don't know it's a com not a complex but i think that's really cool it's like you kind of have the perfect profession for that because like you technically have like millions of children that kind of depend on you in a oh, way shucks. and like that's seem it's like almost too perfect mm -hmm. because like you are able to utilize that influence and need to like help other people learn and stuff every day like mm -hmm. that's really cool and perfect i think it, it sounds that it's very sweet of you. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> uh, you know, it's I don't know. It, it sounds cheesy to say this, but it, it is, you know, and it sounds like, oh, this is a good PR line or whatever. Cheese. But but like when I was younger, right, I saw the impact that like your everyday actions could have on the world around you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend who almost committed suicide and, and was on the verge of committing suicide. He was he was new into the high school and I was just kind of like this this bubbly kid who like talked too much to everyone and so and so uh, you know he he would come into like choir practice and i'd be like hey good morning welcome you know welcome and we would sit up and talk or whatever i fast forward like three years later and he like confesses to me like those conversations were the thing that prevented me from taking my own life like oh i was goodness. coming into high school because ready to commit suicide because i you know i had a really hard time in middle school everyone made fun of me i was this awkward kid and you actually like treating me like a human made such a huge amount of difference and actually saved my life. And and that was like such a huge moment for me because it's like, to me, that was just an, any yeah. other conversation. Like right. it was it was literally the base level of like, hey, here's another person in the room. We are in the room together alone at the same, like you talk to them. Like mm -hmm. you just, you know, you, you're nice. You share pleasantries and it, you know, it really convinced me of that idea of like you pay it forward. You the butterfly effect. You do something nice for someone and it pays off mm -hmm. down the line, oh, right? Totally. And so my goal has always been yeah, you know, back then when they're like, What do you want to do when you grow up and what are you looking to do? I wanted to be an actor. But at the end of the day, like my goal in a lot of cases was, you know, I know I'm not gonna cure cancer. I know I'm not going to do, you know, something that is revolutionary on the side of you know, solving some big world yeah. problem, but Relatively. what I, but, but right, but what I can do is at least like be nice and kind and supportive of the people in my immediate vicinity, and hopefully that you know butterflies effect butterfly effects outward mm -hmm. and you know makes the world a better place. I want the world to be slightly better because I was a part of it, and at this point, like you said, I you know I'm in this incredibly fortunate and honorable position of being able to to do that at such a massive mm -hmm. scale. And so if I can use the platform that I've been lucky enough to, to find myself in to get kids excited about education mm -hmm. or get them exposed to new ideas that they wouldn't have been, you know, privy to before or, you know, hey, I was fortunate enough to have really good teachers in my life. Mm -hmm. If I can get someone else to, you know, who doesn't have good teachers to be like, oh, I get this concept now. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And think critically about the world around them and ask questions and like – or just, you know, have a better day if they're having a, a crappy day. Like, something as simple as that. And so that's that's really been kind of the guiding principle around 
a lot of what we do. Yeah. And now I get to do it at a very personal level mm-hmm. on a very concentrated basis yeah. with, with this this little potato, <laughs> which is which is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with some of those people, like you don't know what the what the one thing is gonna be that could yeah. that could steer them one way or the other. True. So it's really just about trying to make a positive impact wherever you can yeah. because you don't know if there is that person that's looking for that one thing. And it's and it's and it's interesting too, and it's a bit scary, right? Like the internet's in this really weird period right now, yeah. where the stuff that is you know negative and dramatic and you know uh, def- definitely like not the positive news stories are the things mm-hmm. that get the most visibility, sure. that get the you know that get the reshares, that get the retweets, yeah. that that get people talking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to me, it. It creates this kind of self-perpetuating cycle of this this thing got numbers, numbers matter, so I need to do more of this thing to get yeah. more numbers. Yes. Like when you boil it down, right? That's why the news doesn't cover the happy-go-lucky stories of like woman saves dog, you know, or like yeah. neighbors helped each other. But instead it's like so-and-so killed such-and-such. And like, you know. Yeah. It's- yeah. Woman saves dog. Uh, it's <laughs> Somebody was telling me about this woman was like playing with her with her dogs and the dogs just snapped and they ripped her arm off. Oh and yeah, it's like, the bo- it's like, yeah, that's the well. She boxers. she also died, so it's yeah, well, a good life. But but the, but the, but that's like that's the story that you hear. You don't hear like woman woman saves a, a group of puppies. Yay! It's yeah. it's no dogs flipped out and killed yeah. their owner. And this right. is why you shouldn't have a boxer. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, come on. Right. And then there's the push of like, all boxers are violent. Yeah. And yep. so all boxers must be purged twist. from the world. And, it, you know, because everything has to be such an extreme these days yeah. to get the headline clicks, to get the reshares, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it has to be the best or the worst ever. Mm-hmm. Even even stupid stuff too, like, uh, like movies. Mm. You know, even with movies, it's like, this broke box. It's like every movie that gets released nowadays get, breaks a box office record. It's like, did yeah. they really? You know, <laughs> is that is that true? Yeah. But I, I it's like every new movie. But it's yeah. one of those things where it's like I think it's all about how you frame what you're comparing it against, like box sure. office record against whatever. Yeah. The internet for the longest time was like we need to create algorithms that keep people using our platform. Yeah. Right. We need to create a system where people are encouraged to like watch videos on our service or you know watch news on Twitter and talk about news on Twitter or like mm-hmm. post their personal photos on Facebook or whatever. And they were successful at it. Congratulations, internet, you did it. You know, there's like five <laughs> giant companies now and yeah. people use like are addicted to their phones. You know, no one thought about the ramifications of what that would do to how humans interact, how they behave, how they perceive yeah. the world. I would right? wake up and I would, my my routine was I would wake up, I'd grab my phone, turn off my alarm, go to Twitter, yep. go to Twitter moments, and then just scroll through all the news. Yep. And like I started finding, and this probably happened like right after the 2016 election, uh, I, I would find that, you know, I'd open up Twitter and just like, it would just, it, I started like getting anxiety in the morning. I would wake up and I'd just read yep. all this shit news. Yeah, and it was not really the kind of thing you'd really want to wake up to. And I realized like, I think maybe a year ago I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went to open up my phone uh, this morning and I was like, I was like, oh, no, no, not going to do that. It, it, it does. It makes a big difference. And I know, like I said, it relates to the Internet. 
And certainly the internet has made, and, and phones and stuff have made it exactly that. Like, I reach for my phone in the morning and I'm immediately put into a bad, negative mood about the state of the world because of whatever the news story is. Yeah. But even before that, like, TV, if you look at the way Americans frame their news stories mm-hmm. versus the way international coverage happens, it's it, they, they could be covering completely different things and you, you, wouldn't, you would not know it, right? Like, in yeah. America, it's like... You know, massive outrage in Egypt as people, you know, charged the capital in order to, like, get governmental change. We were in Egypt around time of, like, a big government upheaval, actually. Mm-hmm. It was it was our honeymoon, Stephanie's honeymoon. Yeah. And it was the first time that it really hit home for us. So that's how the, the, this situation was being covered in the U.S. Like, you know, uh, crowds rallying against the government and mm-hmm. protesting and, like, they're angry in the streets. We literally go to Egypt, and it was, like, one square block that that contained, like, people who were upset. And then, like, a couple of protesters holding signs with, like, a hot dog stand across from, like, the, the Capitol building. Yeah. And, and but, you know, to the way America frames it, it's, like, city on fire. Mm-hmm. When, it's, yeah. when it's not, they're, like, on fire for their, like red hot hot dog next door you know like yeah. that that's it was just wild it is yeah. it is nice though whenever i whenever i go home uh uh and i stay at my parents place in sacramento um they still get the newspaper and it's so <laughs> and it's so like it's so lovely just reading local news oh my gosh because right because it's not all it's not all like garbage it's like it's like oh they're building a road here or whatever <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> and it's just so nice to like not just read like, like oh these yeah. people died and like this government's being overthrown and blah 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 blah. It's just like here's a here's a thing going on in the neighborhood. Right. That's yeah. the thing though. Like the internet has brought in like oh it's not like oh, I'm sure like a lot of things have gotten worse over time, but it's like also we are just seeing it all a lot more. Like before we had the internet and it was just press and stuff. A lot of stuff wasn't as covered and a lot of like you just didn't know as much about what was happening sure so it's like now the world can seem like it's so much worse and it is there's a lot of bad stuff it, sure. there is mm-hmm. but it can feel a lot worse because we're seeing it all happen at once whereas i totally agree past. i don't oh, yeah. think I, don't, I honestly don't think that the world is any worse than it than it was 10 years ago mm-hmm. or 15 years ago or 20 years ago like it's just the fact that we're we are so attuned to every bad thing that happens. Like, I mean, gosh, like can you imagine if we had if we had the kind of press that we do now back in like World War II? Oh my gosh. When like atrocities were being committed everywhere. It wasn't just in right. it wasn't yeah. just in Germany. Like there were terrible things happening everywhere. Yeah. But it was also funny because like Japan, uh, they they had this theory that they could put these bombs on um, balloons, uh-huh. and then and then the airstream would take the uh, or the jet stream, whatever, would take the balloons over to the U.S. and the bombs would then drop on cities sure. in the U.S. So they did one test, I think. I think I saw this in the Hunger Games. Right? <laughs> I, think, I think the Hunger Games Part Three did this. Really? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh so they they flew these balloons and. It was not that successful, but some bombs <laughs> did figure. did land in like the forests in like Oregon or something. Okay, and they didn't. I think it hit maybe like one house or something. Oh. I don't think anybody died. I think some kid died because they found unexploded ordnance. They walked up to an exploder or something. Oh. I don't. I, either way, it didn't wasn't that successful. Yeah. But because the government at that time had such a um, a grip on the press, mm-hmm. 
they actually squashed the stories because they said like, oh, this will be bad for our country if right. we put this story out. So they actually squashed all the stories. Japan never heard any news about it, so they just considered Whoa. it a complete failure. So they never did it again. Well, and and again, going back to like the whole, re, you know, going back to me and like why I do the channels and and this idea of like making the world a better place and stuff. One of the things that I'm always really passionate about and why the whole theory thing is so important to me is, you know, like you just said. That news never got out. Mm -hmm. That story didn't come out until just recently, right? And I think a lot of people take what they're presented with by the world, by press, by news media, whatever, at face value. Sure. And don't actually question why are we being told this? What is the agenda necessarily Mm -hmm. behind it? And, like, who who stands to profit off of these stories? Like, I think a lot of us have this, like, idea of, like, we we want other people to just be naturally helpful, Mm -hmm. be naturally, like, informative. And, hey, your job is to deliver me information and you will deliver it as effectively and, you know, neutrally, I guess, as possible. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that that's not true in the slightest, right? And so for us, like... We're doing it on a very minor basis as far as, like, is your favorite hero a villain? Yes. <laughs> Even though, like, you know, you're cherry-picking ideas just like the, you know. Sure. But it's that idea of look at it from a different perspective. Yep. Yeah. Ask the question of question not just, like, this guy's the hero, but are they actually behaving like the hero? Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to have a dad who, oh, man, we're going back to father. <laughs> this is great. It's, look, there's a through line in this. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a father who inspired that sort of curiosity in me mm-hmm. and this idea of, you know, do the research for yourself. Yes, take what people are telling you, but also look beyond that and, like, look at, you know, who's telling the story, why, what are the actual facts behind things rather mm-hmm. than, yeah. you know, someone else putting their perspective on it. I think critical thinking is something that they really need to teach more in schools. Yeah. Because especially in this day and age, like it's so easy to just believe something that somebody's just putting out there without considering their agenda. Yeah. Like I, at the gym I work at out at, it's this really fun thing where they have three channels on the TV. One's ESPN. Yep. And then the other two are Fox News and CNN right next to each other. It's yeah. great. And it's fun because I'll just be on the treadmill and be like, all right, what are the agendas today? Right. Okay, uh, okay. so CNN's just talking about Trump and Fox News is talking about Hillary still? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's really funny because you see like they both clearly have agendas. Right. You need to, there is still news there, but you need to fish through that agenda and, and parse out what true information yeah. there is. Right. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's funny that you have uh, the, those on playing at your gym. It's at my, infuriating. At my gym, it's only Food Network. Oh. Without, oh. it's <laughs> no exaggeration. Oh. Like, oh, wow. We have like the one that is, I we have one that's just general sports. You have one that is general news. What? And then you have one that is actual Food Network. And so I, it's like evil. chopped or, you know, recipes. And what so since I work out, work out harder, right? So I'm working out Saturday morning and watching like you know the pioneer woman in her kitchen, you know, frying up some butter, and I'm like, yes, yes, please. Wow, that's so evil. Yeah, I just think it's so e- like like TV, phones. It's just images going at your face. Like when you're scrolling through Twitter, you see something. You usually just a lot of people just believe it and move on. I think I saw a video on Twitter the other day where. People were like, oh, Trump forgot he didn't have his toupee on at this thing. And so he like – it's a video where he takes off his hat and he goes, my hair is a mess. And he goes like this and he's completely bald. Oh, that's cool. 
but I'm pretty sure it was shopped. Right. Like I believe it, that. It, you could see his hand like go into the bald head. Like it was poor, it was a yeah. little bit poorly done. But people, like hundreds of thousands of people, sure, m- millions of views, hundreds of thousands of likes, and they're commenting like, "Oh my God, he's I can't believe that's so dumb." And it, and they will move on, never knowing the truth. Right. Um, and this is this is a little touchy. Remember the the kids with the with the MAGA hats and the the, right. the Native Americans who yeah. came up. Yeah. A lot of people. Which, by the way, Fox News is still talking about that. The the of original course. story. The original story was that these kids were, uh, they came up to the Native Americans and got into the Native Americans' face. But there's actually then later footage of the Native Americans coming up to the kids and like doing the music in front of them. Like it was, it was like a complete flip of I what think, the yeah, original it was, story was. Yeah, it was some. It wasn't that guy, but it was some like. It was like a couple other guys yeah. that might have been in some group related or something. I think the kids were like on a school trip and were like yeah. waiting for their bus. It was like something yeah. weird like that. And the kids were like super confused. But it's just two sides. And it's you can see that and you can witness that You'll see on the side. CNN Fox News yeah. thing. Yeah, if well, you're at that gym and yeah. well, and, side by side. And it is. It's, it's one of those things that like you brought up a lot of stuff, which is scary. <laughs> because first off, you know, the camera is a selective frame, sure. mm-hmm. right? And you can decide what to include mm-hmm. or not include. Yeah. And what you keep outside of the, the guidelines, what you cut out, what you edit, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's one thing that, first off, people just don't think about that, right? Like, here in Hollywood, yeah, the Oscars are held at this beautiful venue, super rich, super luxurious. It's happening in front of a sunglass hut. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a cheesy, rundown strip mall. It's happening in the, the worst place in L.A. that you do not want to go to. It's full of – it smells like piss. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a dirty Spider-Man hanging out outside yep. trying to get your money. Not right. Tom Holland. It's not Tom Holland. <laughs> right. no, no, a dirty Spider-Man. <laughs> no, but it, it is. It, it, and, but again, because the camera shows this part of the frame mm-hmm. and not this part of the frame, yeah. they're just showing you what you want to see. And I think that that idea of – the the storyteller is subjective is again to that idea of like we need to we need to teach people the essence of what it is to consume media like what mm-hmm. is being kept in what is not what's being edited out and then add to that the complicating factor of exactly what you said CGI and the ability to replicate faces yep. yeah, and she like into that conspiracy video on that too. right and that technology exists yeah. this idea of being able to take so many different images of a person's face and replicate that person talking and mm-hmm. saying stuff. Because we're in this culture of there's so much footage of, you know, especially public figures out there and footage of them saying every word possible that you can cobble together these really lifelike facsimiles. So not only are humans just bad at being able to process this stuff, add to it you have people who are really good at being able to kind of like seed out false information Mm -hmm. and then the capstone of it all right is the idea that because of how fast the internet goes Mm -hmm. and how quickly we're on to the next news story Mm -hmm. the next big trend what's the trend today you know what's the new meme whatever there is no sense of let's look back at what we were told and analyze what the reality was and what it meant Mm -hmm. right and it's it's always we need to we need to be the first to get the headline. We need to be the first to get the headline. Move on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. There's never this idea of like, wait, what did we believe versus what was real and what came like, what was the impact right. of that? And is that something that we should be incentivizing or you know like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea moving forward? You yeah. never have that retrospective analysis, 
And so as a result, a lot of these problems just continue to perpetuate yeah. and sure. don't get solved. There's well, because a... if you take any time to, to yeah. think, hey, should I post this? Well, then you're too late. Mm-hmm. Somebody else beat you to the punch. And that's the thing, people, with what you're saying earlier about negativity being so much more eye-catching and, and tasty for, for news people to touch on. It's like that's why it sucks like the word feminism is like seen by a lot of people as a negative thing because sure. there is an abuser of every movement that will do a terrible thing and claim they're a part of this group and then then everyone's like, oh, that group's terrible because the because that's all that they've seen from that group or whatever and so they and then they move on and they don't do the research or question everything like i i think i learned from the internet like luckily i was exposed to the right stuff at the right time that i was taught to question everything and not just let like like you said face value and move on you know with all the stuff that went down with uh mostly our parents using facebook uh <laughs> i think i think there probably will be classes taught on on ways to break down information that you're seeing on Hopefully. social media because it's it is a huge huge problem and it's it's i mean it's propaganda mm-hmm. it's yeah. getting people to think a certain way and it's it's the new it's the new sort of like war yeah know? it's and it's and it's tough too because a lot of times the truth behind a situation doesn't fit into 140 characters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit into yeah. or what 240? 240 240, 240 at this point like <laughs> wow, it, 2008. I, right, I know. But it, but it does, you know, it it's not tweetable. It's not the no. most it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's a complicated situation mm-hmm. yeah. that has many nuanced sides and you're going to have to stop and read and yeah, think critically about research. how and and that just doesn't work no. in this day and age of let me hit the retweet button yeah. mm-hmm. let me write in all caps and say yeah. how offended i am you go to a twitter moment and you read the tweet and then they have a tweet to the actual article and nobody clicks the no. article they just want to read what everyone's saying at at face value mm-hmm. what is basically going on and it could be accurate or not right and that's that's the thing right is like and and we see it all the time in small scale with our videos right mm-hmm. if i make a factual inaccuracy, mm. you know, and say something wrong in one of my videos, and so, sometimes that happens. It happens, yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're covering the 60-year history of Mario or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm sure someone in the comments here will be like, it's not, not actually 60 years of Mario. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things where, like, if, if you make a mistake, that's out there, and no amount of me in the comments being like, fixing you know, it, fixing yeah. it, no one's going to see that. Yeah, exactly. And, and even, like, People are just going to get their information from like, oh, he purposely included this in or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for instance, we had a video where we talked about uh, the tragic death of one of our editors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we purposely kept that demonetized in honor of in honor of him. It's not something that you should be making money off mm-hmm. of. Sure. But, you know, YouTube naturally has to run banner at like that is just one of the things that you cannot turn off. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where people are like, oh, you're trying to cap- monetize this this horrific event. It's like no, like. One, that is so hurtful like to have people yeah. think that because I would never want to do that. But then, two, it's like no amount of me tell, telling that story out there is going to translate to people because to a lot of people, like, they made up their mind mm-hmm. or they think they have the story right. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, it, it just self-perpetuates. And it's yeah. it's tough. It's a, it's a weird 
weird time. Yeah. The internet's in this weird inflection point. It's kind of scary. Yeah. They'll leave a comment of something like, you did that thing wrong. I can't believe you did that. And then they leave. Some right. of them don't even go back and check their replies if they're like actually being corrected. And they'll go on living and maybe telling other yeah. people. You never know. I got a little taste of that talking about Michael Jackson in the last podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The comments are very split on that. Yeah. Well, actually, on, on YouTube, it was a lot of people saying, like, yeah, he did it. And then I went to my Twitter mentions, and um, some people with Michael Jackson avatars were were railing on me yeah. pretty hard. And I was like, yeah, I expected that. Um, yeah. Look at how controversial you are, Ian. Yeah. And you have this, like, devil may care at You're like, bring it on, internet. Well, I mean, well, it's because Keith Keith is a huge Michael Jackson fan, and I th- and like, look, I'm not trying to change anyone's minds, and I just wanted to have a conversation about it because he's a he's a big Michael Jackson fan, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know, I felt like we we it was a good thing to talk about, but that's it right there, and and see that again, like that's the thing that I think a lot of people are afraid of or or just resistant to do these days is have a mm-hmm. conversation, yeah, like well, cause no if one don't have the... all the facts, but or then but then also opinions. the facts aren't. Those the facts relating to Michael Jackson are so muddled, of course, and and then twisted yep. by both sides to fit their narrative. So wherever people are getting information, like keep, people keep reposting this meme of like all the facts mm-hmm. of Michael Jackson. And I'm like, okay, but I can't I can't take you know two days to research every single fact on here to make mm-hmm. sure it's right. So either I'm going to accept it at face value or ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and I think that's again like. That's why conversations are so important because uh, people are resistant to do it because if all of a sudden I admit that I'm wrong or like it, it exposes me to either being wrong or being misinformed or underinformed. Mm-hmm. And to your point of this idea of I don't have two days to do all the research, if you have enough conversations with enough people, it's like, okay, I have a general understanding now of all these different perspectives all these different like sources of facts from people who you know maybe didn't read the two days worth of information on it, but at least like no f- bits and pieces, and right. you can put that together into like, hey, I have a much better informed position on this yeah. as a result. The thing to take away from it is, uh, don't touch kids. Like oh whether <laughs> yeah, whether yeah. or not whether or not he did it. Yeah. Like let's let's yeah. talk. Like let's have a conversation picture, about 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 like real. grooming children and and abusing children and and like what that is. Like whether he did it or not, we're having the conversation now, and we're we're, we're we know the signs. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the big things that they talk about in the documentary. I don't want to go too far into yeah. it, but like uh, is the, the child abuse. It's not necessarily. Like the things that that those those victims had to wrestle with in their minds was like, I still love him, mm-hmm. so I don't yeah. know. So it's like mm-hmm. everyone thinks like, oh, it's something where they're like they're abused and they're and they're you know, it was a violent thing. It's like not necessarily, but it's still not okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> at that that all that they're wrecked for life. Yeah. When yeah. that isn't the case, yeah. right? Because it's happening at such an early age, the signs are different than what, like you would assume yeah. or what the media portrays, yeah, yeah. right? Like, like you you know, it's not someone who's like broken or has mental issues. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they are and sometimes they do, but you know, a lot of times it is, it's, it's, I have this complicated relationship mm-hmm. with this person and I don't know how to process it. And, you know, to the outside world, you might not think 
that this happened to me, but it, it very likely could have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the important thing is when you're having those conversations, say the Michael Jackson thing, it's like we will never know the exact truth. We'll right. never know. But the I think people have to like sort out their priorities when they're in those arguments or discussions of it's like, okay, what's the real issue here and what why does this matter? Yeah. And like because it's not it's not about like who's right and who's wrong. It shouldn't be about that. It should be like big picture, like what really matters. Like why are we arguing about this and yeah. what's more important? And what can we take from it? Yeah. yeah. I think the bigger argument though is um do you think Aladdin's gonna be good? <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I do oh have gosh. a channel dedicated to film, <laughs> so I am aware of this this sort of thing. Uh, no, uh, I gotta say, I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, I do. I think it's gonna be better than the Lion King movie. Quite honestly, mm. uh, yeah. No, I don't think that, that's a bad opinion. Is that a controversial opinion? Is that I, I my don't hot take? I think so because I'm I'm more apt to watch something with humans talking than like weird kind of live action. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, well, I haven't quite seen. They haven't shown like the lions think, talking yet because I think it's gonna be really freaking weird. I think there's a reason yeah. you haven't oh, seen the totally. lions. So just it, like we're saying, yeah, choosing right. what we see. Yep, I th- I think that. So here here's my take on Aladdin. First off, is I think I'm I'm bummed out about Jafar. I think that they miscast he's Jafar. So sexy. It's he's sexy. But he doesn't like if you're thinking Jafar, uh-huh. like you and who's such a like an iconic, mm-hmm. cartoonish yeah. Disney villain. Yeah. Yeah. I think, say what you will about the casting, and he he might be great in the role. Just vocally, yeah, he, he doesn't have the the like vocal like seductive yeah. deep you know like I want to get wrapped up in his voice yeah. that Jafar as a character who is like seducing everyone around him and mm-hmm. kind of mind controlling mm-hmm. him has. So like that's my one ding right. on Aladdin. Yeah. But if you look at uh, you know all the spectacle that they've shown of it, if you I think Will Smith like. He's in a thankless role of mm-hmm. having to to you know remake a, a just an iconic mm-hmm. pill, like one of the best performances period in a movie. Like it was just such a perfect matching of character to personality when it was Robin Williams. Yeah, I think Will Smith is one of the best people to do kind of like a new fresh a fresh take on <laughs> the journey yeah. uh, or on the genie. Um, so I think he'll be good and it's it's base and. and I was worried because I'm like, oh, they're just recreating the movie, but it seems like the genie is more like it's it's Hitch. Yeah. It looks like Hitch, dude. That's what we that's what we were saying. It's it's, uh-huh. it's totally Hitch. We're it's literally Hitch. It is where oh. in Hitch, basically, Will Smith is like the romance consultant who's like, hey, you know, lame white dude, I'm gonna oh teach you gosh. how to get the girl. And here it seems like it's Aladdin, but Hitch, where yeah. it's the genie being like, hey, Aladdin, street rat. Let me show you how to get the girl. Which you know, it's a different take. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad one. I think it's. I think it's interesting. I like that. I feel like Will Smith put in his contract that he can't be blue the entire time because yeah. because when he did Suicide Squad, his character Deadshot has like a full on mask, and then in Suicide but Squad, no, yeah. like doesn't have the mask. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I just want the eye thing, and that's <laughs> it, right? It doesn't have like well, a little. I didn't. I didn't watch I, that movie. Well, but. I also wonder if. <laughs> Because, again, think about who's telling the story. Think yeah. about w- how these things happen, right? Mm-hmm. I think things get leaked out. If you're a movie studio and things get leaked out onto the internet, you see how the audience responds, the stuff that you're kind of questioning, and mm-hmm. you double back and you're like, okay, well, let's rework this before we release the big trailer. Yeah. And so here, I think 
there probably was a world where the genie might have been blue the entire time. But it's it's an easy CGI thing to fix, right? And Maybe. so now all of a sudden, if the internet's making fun of Will Smith for being kind of like comedically blue the entire time, mm. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, here's a trailer where he's not blue the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like now all of a sudden yeah. you've, you've gotten people to be like, okay, I'm not as afraid of this anymore. Yeah. I think it's the Maybe. same reason why the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you haven't seen Sonic's <laughs> face yet. And then when you saw oh, Sonic's yeah. face, because it did leak out. Yeah. All, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but it, right? So it leaked out. <laughs> it's not great. Leaked, and it's not great. And the internet's been kind of like, eh. And so I'm wondering if this, stu- like, if it had been great, yeah. I bet you would have seen a Sonic trailer, like, shortly thereafter. I'm less, oh. I'm less worried about his face and more worried about his legs. Like, there's something <laughs> really weird. There's something yet. really weird about Sonic's legs. Being so hairy. It's, like, it's uncomfortable. I just love, I just love that poster. Where it's like he like took the shot and he's like man spreading on top of the bridge. <laughs> yeah, and so then good. like and then if you zoom in if you zoom in on the bridge, like right in between his crotch, like he wrote Sonic was here. <laughs> it's so bad. Like with W U Z. It's nineteen ninety six. Damn, okay. It's period uh, appropriate. Yeah. yeah. True, uh, true. But, but yeah, I, I think so like a, a a great example of this I think is is Venom, right? Where Venom had this leak mm. of the like moment of venom like this is venom and his tongue and people are like oh look at the leak how's he look and the internet loved it right the internet was like i approve that this is what my venom should look like great mm-hmm. awesome the response was positive and then like within like 24 48 hours wow. you have a trailer for venom right i i would assume that if things the internet was like, oh, his tongue's too stupid or like this looks too, you know, this isn't the Venom I'm looking for. I want a more traditional whatever. Mm. I think you would have probably seen a delay there and they might have like gone back and reworked things to, to make it happen. That's Again, awesome. that's just a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, so uh, cool. but Lion King, yeah, I think that the reason why yeah. you're seeing such iconic moments from the film but also like the, the animals not talking. It's and just vignettes, yeah. yeah. I think they're... I, I also wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason why Aladdin is coming out this year. Because it's weird for them to have two live-action remakes mm-hmm. of such two hugely iconic franchises yeah. for them coming out months apart. And yeah, say what you will really? about like It's months apart? I mean, it, they're both coming out this year. Whoa. Which is, right? That's which, weird. Which I didn't realize until like I yeah. saw you know uh, both trailers. And they're both coming out so close together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I could see them doing one a year, Kinda but these seems are like they're with... blowing their wad. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, totally. It's like, is that a is that a it's weird blowing euphemism? Your load, I think. Or well, is that's it wad or load? Wad is blowing through money. Oh, okay. Wad. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know my euphemisms then. They're they're uh, blowing something. It seems like they're just kind of like, because they only have they only have so many things <laughs> to remake in live action, and it seems to me like to me Lion King was probably the best animated movie they ever made. Sure. But maybe that's just because I grew up in the '90s. Uh, but <laughs> just a '90s kid. What can I say? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and and you're not the type to respond to princesses. <laughs> exactly. Dude. Yeah, I don't want to see women get get empowered. Like screw that. Wow. I want to see lions fuck each other up. Yeah. And see now oh. now we can cut that line out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there it is. Ian Ian from Smosh oh says. Yeah. Uh, I will say when when I saw the uh, the shot of the wildebeest like going into the gorge, I was like. <laughs> 
Oh like, my gosh. I like it. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. felt it, man. See, for the Aladdin, tra- the Aladdin trailer, like when I saw the the leaked images of Genie or whatever, I was like, oh no, this is this is I'm worried. But yeah. then the trailer came out, and it's like the first half I wasn't super interested. I mean, when, but then when Will Smith comes in, he's like <laughs> being funny and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then when the music picked up. And I got chills, mm-hmm. like, because you forget, like, an animated movie, it has a, a vision of what, like, image you have. And then in your memory, you see that world, that universe. But when live action, like, they really filled it all in with, like, beautiful imagery and the shots of, yeah. like, the chase and everything. You're like, oh, my gosh, there's so much I didn't imagine in my head that yeah. is going to be mm-hmm. there. I haven't seen any of the live action Disney movies yet. Um, because I just don't. Oh uh, well, but, Maleficent was incredible. Uh, Maleficent is right. surprisingly good. Okay, okay. Another one. But the uh, yeah, I was surprised by that. <laughs> I'm like, whoa! I, I didn't like, realize that they over. were actually doing right. I thought it, the story seems fairly complete yeah. at this point. Huh. I don't know what they're doing with that. Is it a huh. prequel? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. But with but with um, Aladdin, it was interesting that they the the songs that you know Aladdin and Jasmine are singing yeah. don't sound any different mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the original. Yeah. But then, but then like, you know, they're going to have to do something different with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, you ain't never had a friend like me. Yeah. And it's like yeah. through a little like fresh Prince in there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Like me. Like, cause obviously you're not going to do like Robin Williams. Right. Like, oh my yeah. Gosh, also so I good. didn't know. Okay. Am I just stupid for not realizing that, um, like in the Lion King, I thought, the kids were the ones like like the uh, Simba. Yeah. And Nala. I thought he yeah Simba and Nala. I thought that they were the ones that were actually singing the songs. I didn't realize that they had like oh, other vocal. singers do oh, their songs for them. Yeah. I just assumed like Jonathan Taylor Thomas just had a great voice. I was like, wow, <laughs> good for him. Right. So no, maybe I, I'm just an idiot. I, I, again, I don't I don't think you're dumb. Okay. No. By, Thank, you. Again, Thank you. Because why would you know? Why why would you why yeah. would why would you it's they not like the movie's me. beating you over the head with like this is a new person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it's a, being it, portrayed true. as all one character. It's, it's all about the framing. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't I feel like back then it wasn't like a common knowledge of behind the scenes stuff. Like it wasn't like everybody knew about like mm-hmm. that like cuz I feel like nowadays like you kind of hear a little bit more of like what goes on in in production behind the scenes like we instantly see the images of uh um Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. when they show the graphics of like how they made Beast with yep. the suit and everything, like mm-hmm. I feel like that stuff wasn't accessible back right. then when the line. Sure, was yeah. Tell tell you what though, like I'm all aboard that practice. Mm. Quite honestly, mm. like I love the idea of actually getting like in my ideal world, you just get someone who's good for the role mm-hmm. and all that that role yeah. entails. Mm-hmm. It, coming from the theater world, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. there's so many talented like Broadway actors and like you know. Little known personalities who would be perfect for these roles. And well, I guess that's playing... what they did with Frozen. Like they got, as we call her, Adele Dazeem. Yeah, Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Absolutely. Who is one of the best singers. But nobody knows who she wasn't selling the movie. Right. Because nobody knows who she is. Right. She just is a phenomenal performer yeah. who has a legit background in vocal performance mm-hmm. and theatrical acting who can crush it in a character. Yeah. Like that's. That's the thing, and that's the thing that kills me about all of these remakes is like, and and that's the reason why I really didn't like the Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. is because because like you know say I love Emma Watson, great, fantastic. Camera dead. 
Maybe. What's that? Oh. Is that your timer? That's my timer. Oh, <laughs> every time he doesn't know where the timer's coming from. I, I like I that. I forgot. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're you're great. I just think it's funny. I'm but. sorry. That totally interrupted you. No, no, it's no, okay. No, no. We can keep talking. But, but yeah. anyway, so like I wasn't a big fan of Beauty yeah, and the Beast. You love Beauty, Emma Watson. Yeah, I, I'd say I love Emma Watson. Great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, she can't sing the role like someone who has mm-hmm. actually been trained and doing it for years to sing the role yeah. and. Sure, she might help put butts in seats, maybe, but it's one of those things that, like, if you if you just have good performers doing a good job and just, like, kicking butt, like, it's going to be great. And mm-hmm. so for me, the thing that kills all of these live-action remakes is when all of a sudden, like, great, I'm I'm immersed in this world, I love what's going on, and then, like, their vocal performance hits, and it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, stretch for those notes or, like, clearly auto-tuned or yeah. anything like that. And so I'd rather, you know... I'd rather them dub over someone else who actually can sing like mm-hmm. they did with The Lion King in the early days. Yeah. Or, you know, in the like I said, in the ideal world, just cast a no-name actor. Give them a chance to yeah. shine. I feel like they'll be happy that they did oh, at the gonna, end of the day. Yeah, of course. It'll make a that, better product, but it doesn't yeah. sell the product. Well, it, but doesn't it? Because here, all of a sudden, if, you, if you're casting right, again, like, you get a chance to see the person perform. It's not like, okay, you're on the movie set. Hopefully this guy is good. No, yeah. you've yeah. presumably seen them read for the role, interact with everyone. That is the casting process, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I feel sure. Like it's, it's probably easier with an animated movie because you're not seeing that person. Yeah. You're yeah. not like, who the hell is this? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't even realize half the people in animated movies. I was like, wait, that was that major celebrity? Like, right. I don't care, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, occasionally I'll be like, oh, cool, like that person. But then they have a cast of like 20 celebrities. Right. Yeah, I'm like, for Lion King. wait, Keegan Michael Key was in this like what <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Brad but, Pitt what <laughs> but it is it's one of those things that to me you know y- yeah they might not help put butts in seats so maybe have stunt casting for like one person there or whatever like oh I can't believe The Rock because it's always The Rock can't believe The Rock's yeah. in there it's yeah. always The Rock and he'll yeah. be glad to do it he'll cash that paycheck as long as <laughs> oh, yeah. days long but but the thing is you know fill it with a bunch of other people who are great and the movie sells itself did did these original stories become so popular because they were stunt casted? No, it's because they tell really emotional tales that are that are well told, the music is great, mm-hmm. and they're well performed. Yeah. And so, you know, would I rather see, you know, Aladdin starring, you know, someone that I recognize or Aladdin just being performed yeah. the heck out of people who are glad to be there, are excited to do it, and can fill the role? Yeah. And, like, to me, like, that's... I just love good stories. Yeah. And if if you're telling me the best story possible, and great, if that person is the best for that role, awesome. I'm all yeah. aboard. But yeah. yeah. I guess it's when they when they advertise those movies, it's and they want to sell those movies. It's at face value, mm-hmm. where you see at oh big famous person. Yep. That's how they're they're trying to get the money right now, not in the long run. What was a better decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right, like you see, you see, you see those rolling lists of animated movie mm-hmm. credits. Like at the end of the trailer, like like you said, King and Michael Key, and it's like Zendaya's Michi, yeah. <laughs> and I, it it almost makes me roll my eyes because it's like clearly you don't have you don't have enough faith in the trailer that you created and in mm. the story that you're telling mm. to sell me on just the premise alone. And so instead, you're trying to impress me with all this star power. And it's like, Beyonce's in it. And it's like, I don't care if Beyonce's yeah. in it. Well, animated movies, I was reading something. They were saying animated movies are some of the only places where you can still tell an original story and get people to actually get their butts in movie mm-hmm. theater seats. 
because nowadays it's it's just about franchises and, sure. and reboots and people will mm-hmm. go and see those but to see an original movie in the theater is very rare unless it's an animated movie or get a, 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 like I think again like look at what Blumhouse has been able to do mm-hmm. yeah Blumhouse but those are all horrors I mean they're horror and they're low budget they're Great. Very low budget. Good. Tell a good story with a low budget. Like, you don't need everything to be a CGI masterpiece. Good story. Like, theater is built on this idea of telling good stories, right? And, you know, with with lower budgets than movies, certainly. And film, really, just stick a camera around. Like, yeah, there's more cost because you got to set up lights and this and that. I think a lot. I I think, uh, here's my other hot take. I think the movie industry just wastes egregious amounts of money on, like, needless excess. (laughs) Like, don't even get me started on that. But it is one of those things where the idea of, like, telling a good story, like, no matter what your budget is, no matter what your genre, those exist. Certain genres are going to cost more. Superhero, action movie, certainly. But, like, if you're telling a drama or a, you know, like, get out. Yeah, you're right. Horror is kind of maybe has an easier w- opportunity to do it. I don't know. I, I'm a firm believer of a lot of times good content mm-hmm. will just disseminate out there mm-hmm. because, you know, you you have to start somewhere and it creates a groundswell. Sure. And now, you know, because of the success of Get Out, which started slow and then built, people are super excited for us. I and, am right, of course. Yeah, and Hell yeah. and I'm ex- I'm and I gonna hate be right horror there. movies. Right, I'm I'm gonna see that. Op- we're seeing it opening night. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're our whole like office group is gonna go see it together. Yeah. We're, getting it the whole, we're getting the whole Smosh fam. We're all gonna go see it. That's super fun. Yeah, I'm just gonna like have someone next to me. I'm like, just so you know, I'm gonna break your arm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty spooked for that movie. Um, spooked and stoked. Yeah, spoke, spoked. Yo, bro, I'm freaking spoked. Shoot, dude, spoked. Shoot, dude. <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to make this. No, or maybe no, I'm trying to make this. A, it's no, a thing. Not. It's a thing. It's Ian a thing. randomly started like he said it one day, and I was like, "Oh, that's from something, right?" And he's like, "No, I just said it." He goes, "Shoot, Shoot dude. dude." I don't know. It sounds like something that would come out of like. Sounds like a meme. Dude, where's my car? (laughs) Right, like shoot, dude. Shoot, dude. I I like that we you know bookended with comedy. Like in the middle, we got really hot and heavy with the discussions. All right, we were pretty heavy from the get go. That is true. Actually, I might be misremembering the beginning of this whole thing. Well, before we go, is there anything you want to tell people about? Anything you're doing? Anything you want to shout out? You're. Oh, I didn't even mention it. You're our first ever guest. Really. I mean, you have only had five episodes I know, of this podcast. Still. Wow. So it would have been hard for me to have squeezed myself into those first four <laughs> while you're establishing the format. And, and still trying to. Yeah, yeah. first ever guest. Yeah. Th- thanks, guys. Yeah, not, that's awesome. Oh, wait. I'm not your first ever guest guest, though. Guest guest. Oh, I, oh, here I am being a smart aleck about it. I'm your first guest ever, period? Yeah. Ever, period. It's, it's, all been, it's all been Smosh Family. I guess I had. Oh, I'm so. Oh, I feel so bad that I was making fun <laughs> no, of you. Then. No, it's funny. Here I, like, I thought you were saying like, "Congratulations, Matt. This is your first time on the Smoshcast." I'm like, no. "Yeah, no doubt, you guys. You've had five no, episodes. You are a very we have first you on guest. Every ah, first guest. Oh, that's awesome. I. That is a huge honor. Well, I thought you might be a good first person. I appreciate it. Yeah. Did we? Did we cover the topics that you wanted to cover? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that is a clear no. It really doesn't. Shoot, there, we, there's no there's no topics. I have this kind of yeah, list of we, things to possibly talk we about. Touch on any but I don't like, throw I don't, all of this away so Ian can create the <laughs> no. show that he envisioned. I don't want to let you down as your first no, guest. No, 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 no this no, is no, great. No, no, it's no. all about having a good time and chatting with your buddies. That is right. Is that the tagline? 
Small, Smosh cast, <laughs> having a good time and chatting with your buddies. Shoot, dude. Shoot, dude. <laughs> Have that good time. Well, thank you so much, Matt Pat. Thank yeah. you. And give thank my best guys. to Stephanie. I yes, will, absolutely. And the baby potato. And oh, the baby, baby potato. potato. Yeah. He he will be glad to receive. You know, next ah. time. Maybe next time. Yeah. This, this, this one's for you, buddy. Ah. That was a good one. I can't go that high. Ah. No. <laughs> Ew. That's no. Yeah. I don't want to end this podcast with the. No, he likes to have the smacking noises yeah. instead. Like the smacking it's noises. So gross. I think we should. I'm, that I'm kind of. Bud. I'm kind of grossed out by just yeah. the the phrase smacking noises. Yeah. What's, what sort of mouth? Like, like lip smacks? Yeah, lip smacking. You know please that people. Gotta get, water. Please. gotta get some water. First. You know that people have like a like a built in aversion to this, right? Yeah, I don't care. I just need to <laughs> please. Yeah, I have a built-in that. aversion to that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I think it's great. I don't want lip smacking sounds in this podcast anymore. How, what's, how, it, what's that? What's that? It's called like something starts with an A. Something phobia. Something like that. Stephanie people has people it. got upset about the Domino's video because we added chewing we sounds. We added a lot. A lot of people were yeah. very upset. We should. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the pod on all of the podcast uh, things that are available. Any listening apps, right? Spotify, iTunes. There's a whole bunch of other. What are, what's another one? Uh, I that SoundCloud. One. Sound. I don't think we're on SoundCloud. Well, we then. Uh, don't don't do it. On, this is why you don't have the guests say <laughs> the closing line. Uh, be sure to uh, check us out on the YouTube if you're not watching us on the Smoshcast YouTube. Smoshcast. Uh, we upload on Fridays. The pod comes out on the Wednesdays, uncensored. And on YouTube, when I say fuck, you're just going to hear a bleep, so I'm sorry. Uh, you're censoring me right now? Yeah, I'm sorry. Censored the whole thing. I cool. love you guys so much. <laughs> cool, man. Smooth exit. Smooth exit. Thank you. Thanks again for coming. My Thank pleasure, you. guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for the lip smacks. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>